Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, leader of The Heart. I want to welcome you to The Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. We are uh, we're starting a brand new message series today called, Yeah, But Why? And this, uh, anytime we have a new series at the heart, I'm sure uh, maybe some of you have been to churches before where they have a collection of talks, they call it a series, whatever it is, and we'll take four or five weeks and really dig into a particular topic. And something that has been kind of on my heart for a while is this question of why. Why did this happen? Why do good things happen to bad people? And why do bad things happen to good people. Why did God not answer this prayer? Why am I here? Why is this happening? These are questions that maybe we don't ask them all the time, and we're not always trying to look for an answer for why, but it just depends, depending on where we're at in life, depending on our situation, depending on what we're worried about, depending on what we're praying for, it can easily come up of why is this happening? So I want to take a few weeks to dig into and maybe understand why we even ask that question and how we can go about understanding maybe getting some answers. And this is a big, fat spoiler alert, and I never do this, but I'll tell you this, is there is no answer to the question, why? At least there will never be an answer that would completely satisfy anyone asking the question. And I want to spend the next couple of weeks trying to understand why that is and how we can turn, you and I together, how we can turn a question of why into an opportunity to grow our faith. So today, what I want to do is I really want to dig into this idea of why do good things happen to bad people, and why do bad things seem to happen to good people, right? Sometimes maybe some some easy examples are there's this person at work, you know who they are, they're the worst, And somehow, they got the promotion that you were going for, right? Somehow, people seem to think that they're better at the job that you feel like you're better at. Why does it seem like this person, why do good things happen to them when they do bad things? Why are good things happening to to bad people, and why do bad things happen to good people? You know, it it can sometimes feel like the good people in our life, they can't catch a break. Somebody is always sick. Somebody lost their job. Somebody got taken advantage of. Somebody got broken up with. Somebody got divorced. And you're like, how are these happening to these good people in my life? One of the things I was thinking of for for my life, and I don't know if not everyone here has kids, but maybe some of you have been a kid before. Some of you have. When I was, uh, when my son was in middle school and high school, he started to play basketball. For a lot of his younger years, he played soccer, and then he decided to play basketball because he's about eight feet tall, so somebody recommended he uh, play basketball. He's not. He's 6'2". Uh, somebody recommended he play basketball, and I was like, that'd be good. I grew up playing basketball, so I have an affinity to the sport. I'm not any good at it, but I love it. And so he started to play basketball. 
And when, once he started to play basketball, I began this six-year-long worry of how much playing time is he going to get. I would, I, I, as a pastor of a church, I get three miracles per year, um, and I always, I would always use them on please make this three-point shot that he took. Um, so, like, you know, if, if is anybody in here a parent uh, uh, or have been a parent before or know any children? Okay, uh, have seen movies with children in them. Um, as uh, I, I can tell you this, if you're not, okay, it's okay, you don't have to be, as, uh, as a, a parent, it is so stressful watching your kid play competitive sports, at least for me, because I'm not a big, like, competitive guy, like, I, I want, you know, him to be the best all the time, whatever it is, but I do want him to feel good about what he's doing, right? I want him to get a lot of playing time. I want the coach to see, look how good he's playing. Look how good he is. You see, he made that one shot. Couple, a couple months ago. And so I, 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 would, I, would, I would watch this and I would go to the games. You know, I, I would go to all the games that I could. Or, uh, uh, I'd go to the practices if they would let me. I just loved being a part of that and loved seeing it. But I remember being so stressed out. And then I would see other players that in my, you know, objective opinion were not as good as Corbin, my son. I would see them get more playing time than him. And I'm like, this is an injustice. Why does God let bad things happen to good people? Now, maybe, uh, maybe you don't have kids. Maybe you don't have kids that play sports. And I know that life is not as trivial as playing time on a basketball court. But there are things that happen in our life that cause us to question why. Now, over the coming weeks, I, I, I do want to focus on why are these things happening to me Right? The perspective of why are these things happening to you, but for, day, for today, for today, what I want to focus on is as we look at the world around us, if I were to say, think of five good people in your life, I bet you could easily name off five people you think, these are good people. And then what if I was to say, give me an example of something bad that happened in their life? Maybe you would come up with an answer. Maybe you wouldn't. Maybe you would try to think of the things that really set them back in their life. Or the, that one time their car broke down. Or the one time you had to go help them move out because they got evicted. Or whatever it happens to be. You, would, you look at these things and say, well, these are bad things. And they happened to good people. So I have a thought. And, and, and some of the thoughts I have for you today are a little bit of a mouthful, but... Uh, uh, I, I, I feel like they were incomplete. I couldn't take away any less from the, from the phrases that I thought of. So here's the first one is this. We're confused when bad things happen to good people, but what's bad and good is subjective to us throughout our life. Let me tell you what I mean. Something bad happening to us means different things depending on where we are, how old we are, how mature we are, uh, being old and being mature are two different things, I'm told all the time. <laughs> Who we're around, if we're in a relationship or not. Bad things that happen, there's going to be a lot of quotes up here, okay? Bad things that happen to us, bad in quotes, and good things in quotes that happen to us are different and change throughout our life. That's why it is subjective when something bad or good happens to you. So maybe you can think of some of the people in your life, some of those good people, where bad things happened to them. 
Were they bad things according to you? Were they bad things according to them? Now, maybe some things can be objectively bad things, but that's not the point. And so when we ask ourselves the question, why, we miss an opportunity. Now, I want to look at a particular verse today. The verse is in Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to look at uh, uh, what's written down as an account of what Jesus was saying. Jesus was doing some teaching here, and he starts to talk about, I'm going to read a little bit before what we want to hit, but in this particular, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna jump into where he's teaching about love for your enemies. And if you want to read Matthew chapter 5, it would take you less than 10 minutes, and there is some juice in there. He teaches about divorce. Uh-oh, I'm divorced. He teaches about revenge. Not currently. I mean, I was, and I'm married again happily. Teaching about vows, teaching about revenge, and then he teaches about love for enemies. So I want to look at, or we'll look together at verse 43. Check this out. He says, you have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Right there is enough for you to chew on for a week, a month, maybe a year for some of us. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. Now watch this. Pay attention to this. For he gives sunlight to both the evil and the good. He gives sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. Now, I sometimes wonder when, uh, uh, when people are recording what Jesus said, if Jesus is like, after they wrote it down, looks over their shoulder, and like, that's not what I said. Well, it's going to be that way for the next couple thousand years. That's not really in here. I just was wondering that. He sends the sun. Let's read it again. For he gives sunlight to both the evil and good, and he sends rain on the just and unjust alike. So no matter who you are, no matter what you're like, no matter how bad you are, no matter how good you are, no matter how just you are to the people in your life, no matter how unjust you are to the people in your life, it doesn't sound like, and I think maybe you can get here, but maybe, maybe we can't, and maybe we, there's some people who take the Bible literally. I don't think Jesus is giving a weather report here, right? He's not talking about the sun is going to shine, the literal sun is going to be out and going to shine on everybody. And in Texas, we are tired of the sun coming out to shine every day. And he's not talking about literal rain coming down to rain on us. What do you think? You think it could be a metaphor? Let's say just for today, just for this moment, for this purpose, it is a metaphor of good things will happen to evil and good people. And bad things will happen to just people and unjust people. And you know what's brilliant about this? At least for me. Because we can look at this and say, okay, in this particular example, in this particular metaphor, it seems like the sunny days might be a metaphor for the good days and the rainy days might be a metaphor for the bad days. But, but, by a show of hands, and I want to see your hands, how many of you love a rainy day? Put your hands up. Put your hands up. Interesting, isn't it? Interesting. How many, okay, my, sorry, my hand was not up for that. How many of you can't stand a rainy day and wish it would go away? Same. Okay, just three of us. <laughs> Don't turn around, Matt. It's just us. And, and isn't that interesting? Because maybe you could agree with me, and that's okay if you don't. 
I love if you would disagree with me. But in this particular metaphor, it seems like one of those is good and one of those is bad. The sunny days seem to be pointing to the good days. And the rainy days seem to be pointing to the bad. But those of you who love a rainy day and those of you who love a sunny day, that's not always true, though, is it? Some days you go outside, and even if you love a rainy day, the sun's shining, the weather's nice, there's a little bit of a breeze, you're like, yeah, I could get into this. This is going to be a good day. Is it going to be a good day because of the sun? Or is it going to be a good day because of the rain? I don't know. It just kind of depends, doesn't it? Asking the question, why, in our life, maybe, maybe it's similar is if it's raining or if it's sunny, and we want to look for an answer for God, say, why did you make it rain today? You know what? My best friend was going to get married today, and it was going to be an outdoor wedding, and the venue is beautiful. But then, God, you made it rain. Why did you make it rain? Why did God, or or maybe, maybe you don't put that on God. Maybe you don't blame God as much as I do for things. (laughs) Maybe you don't blame God for the rain, but maybe you ask it like this. Why did God allow the rain? You see how you're trying to get around it? Why did God let it rain? As if God is just up there and all these bad things or good things are going on the conveyor belt. He's like, yep, I'll allow that. Nope, that's not going to happen. Yep, they need that in their life. Nope, I'm not going to do that. Sometimes, maybe we don't think that literally, but when we ask the question why, It puts us in a position where we are looking at what God does and doesn't do according to what we want him to do and not do. And what's interesting about that is what we think is a good and bad day changes depending on what's going on in our situation. Because I don't love a rainy day unless I'm going to stay in and watch movies, then I love a rainy day. Because then there's no reason to go outside. Or let's say, uh, and this, I know this is kind of weird, but see if anybody's with me on this. Does anybody, when they finish mowing the lawn, love it when it rains right after that? Is that just a Dom thing? Okay. You get it. I'll just, we'll, we'll delete that. We'll cut that from the podcast. I don't want anybody to know that about me now. Sometimes I love the rain for a little bit. But it just depends. Now, here's what happens, in my opinion, here's what happens when we ask why? Here, I wrote this down. Check this out. When we ask why, this is my opinion, in my experience, in my life, when we ask why, we are missing the opportunity to grow and we are looking for the blame. We miss an opportunity to grow from what happened and we're looking for the blame of why it happened. Okay, now let me ask you this. Even if you don't have kids, I promise you can be with me on this. I, I, I promise you've heard this before. Let's say, okay, it, 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 maybe this has happened to you in real life, or maybe it hasn't. You've seen a show or you've seen movies. A parent walks in, a parent walks into the room where the kid has been left unattended for a certain amount of time. And the kid has made a mess, okay? You know which children you've raised them. The kid's made a mess, or they grabbed a marker and they marked on the wall. Or they got, you know, uh, some flour from the pantries. People use flour anymore? Uh, Got some flour and just dumped it all over the kitchen. And what's one of the first gut instinctual questions that a parent would ask? They come in, they look at the mess, and they say, anybody know? Why did you do that? And invariably, without question, 
What is the answer that the child gives when you say, why did you do that? Does anybody know? Mm. <laughs> what a terrible, dumb question to ask a kid. Why did you do that? Maybe the answer is I wanted to. Maybe the answer is I'm curious. But try to follow me, with, try, try to follow me on this. If you say, why did you do that? And they gave you a very well thought out, thought out answer, more thought out than that sentence. They gave you a very well thought out answer, and they said, well, I came into the pantry. I noticed that there was a bag of flour that was in my reach, your fault. So I grabbed the bag of flour. I saw that it was already open. It wasn't clipped, closed, also your fault again. I grabbed the flour. I unclipped it. I opened it up, and I wanted to see what it would look like on the floor. And that was very exciting to me, so I poured more on the floor. And then I saw that it would get stuck to my hands, so I started to put more on my hands and more on my body because I liked the way it felt. And they're giving you this well-thought answer of why they do it. Are you any more satisfied that it happened than if you didn't know why? Are you satisfied with that answer? Do you feel like, okay, that makes sense. I'll, I'll happily clean this up now that, you, now that you've given me a why to what happened. And maybe it is, maybe for some times you're like, okay, now I understand. But my point is, you will never understand. Because a why of something that happens, something that happens in our life, trying to find out why is missing the point. Many times in our life, when something happens, there is no why. So when we ask why, Right? When we ask why, we're missing the opportunity to grow, and we are looking for the blame. As if reasons help us to understand things. Now, sometimes that's true. Sometimes reasons for some things help us to understand. When something breaks, when your refrigerator breaks, when your car breaks down, it's very helpful to ask why it broke down so you can troubleshoot and fix the problem. The only problem with that is, Human beings, faith, God, our relationship is not a car. There are, not certain, there, there are not certain things that happen in a certain order, and then the car starts, and then it drives. That is not how faith works. That's not how relationships work. Relationships are complicated and nuanced and subjective, and they change throughout the, year, throughout the years. What is good and bad to us changes throughout the years. Last thing I, I wrote down that I want to share with you is faith is not about getting answers to why something good or bad happens. Faith is not about getting answers to why something good or bad happens. It is about choosing to trust no matter what happens. Because if you're getting answers whenever you want them, what faith do you ever need? If everything that happens, you're getting answers to, you don't need faith. That is not faith. That is a car diagnostic, right? You can go to your mechanic, take your car, they'll plug in the computer, and they'll tell you everything that's wrong, everything that needs to get fixed, how much air you need to put in your tires, when's the next time you need to do an oil change. They can tell you all that to the letter, to the, to the moment. So you don't need to have faith in your car mechanic you see what I'm saying? You're following me here? You don't need to have faith in that. Faith is not needed for that. Faith is needed when there are no answers. If the only time we seek 
connection and community with God is when we need him to answer why something has happened to the people in our life, why the good things happen, why the bad things happen, that we are missing an amazing opportunity to grow our faith. What I didn't share with you is I, uh, I know I've said this before, and I talk about it a lot, and I don't mean to over-talk about it, but uh, it's something that's a big part of my life, is I, uh, uh, I am in therapy, I go to counseling, and one of the big things for me, and this is probably why the word why, the question why, is kind of fresh on my mind over the last couple of months, is I have found through my therapy is I have a really big problem when people ask me why. I have a really big problem if, if, some, if I do something or I make a decision or I say something and somebody asks why. And I found for me, and I'm not saying it is for you, but I found for me that when somebody asks me why I did something or why I say something, I feel like I'm put in a position to justify my actions. I feel like I'm put in a, in a position to defend myself. And there's some days, there's some days where I'm feeling a little bit healthier than, than others, or some days I'm feeling not as healthy as others. And when somebody asks me why, I can understand maybe what they're saying or maybe engage in the conversation. It's something I'm working on for me, of not being in, in, immediately triggered by a why question. But as I'm working through this with my counselor, I'm thinking, I, I, I think I have a problem being asked why, because sometimes there isn't a why. And that's what got me thinking about this for my faith. Is I started to think, how often do I ask God why? How often do I put that question to him? How often do I look for his reasons for why things are happening to the people in my life. People that I care very deeply about are dealing with illnesses, are dealing with evictions, are dealing with broken down cars, whatever it happens to be. And so I started to think of how often I'm looking for reasons from God, how, how often I'm wanting God to explain himself for what has happened. And then I think of going back to my son in basketball. You know, him wanting playing time, him wanting to, to play as much as possible and hit the big shot and score a bunch of points. And I start to think, and this, this is true, I don't know if you feel this way, and, or maybe sometimes you do, I, I, I would sometimes start to think, I, I'm like, you know, God, you can't be that busy. You think you could throw a couple three-pointers in here for my boy? Think you could? Could you work that into your sketch? I'm not, always, I'm not always sarcastic with God. Sometimes I am. Or, and I know I've shared this part of uh, my life uh, before with y'all, but when, we, when my wife and I were trying to have a, a baby, I think it was six or seven years ago, and didn't work, wasn't happening. We tried to do in vitro and all this stuff, didn't work. I remember, I remember. I remember having this, this time where I was, you know, I was 
crying and praying and trying to understand. And I remember asking out loud, God, why won't you let my wife have a baby? Why? What are you trying to prove? What reason could you possibly have for not letting this happen? This is a real question I asked. And it was tough because I never got an answer. Not once, ever. Still haven't. Like, of all the people that I, in my life that I think are good, good people, my wife is definitely one of them. And so I can think, why? Why would God let bad things, miscarriages, happen to this good person in my life? And I haven't arrived anywhere. I am not the expert in faith. I, am not, I, I haven't arrived at the place that y'all should catch up to. I am in this journey with you. I am figuring this out along the way. And so maybe there was a reason we didn't have a baby. Maybe there wasn't. But either way, it happened. Either way, there's going to be sunny days. Either way, there's going to be rainy days. You can't control the weather. What you do is you deal with the weather. You know what happens when it's raining outside? Maybe you complain about the rain, but what you do is you go get your raincoat, and you get your umbrella, and you get the car ready, and you got your windshield wipers. Why? Because you were prepared for when it rained. And maybe it's going to be hot outside, and I know there's some of you that love to complain about the heat. Don't get Matt Worthington going on that heat, baby. He'll tell you how hot it is every hour of the day. But what do you do? Do you say, oh, God, God is doing this to me. I guess I'll stay inside and complain about how hot it is outside, how sunny it is. No. You put on your shorts. You get the car going, get the AC going, and you go straight to Target and just walk around for eight hours to stay in their AC. You don't let the rainy days and the sunny days stop you from living your life, from loving the people around you, from pursuing your faith. So if you can't control whether it's rainy or sunny, what can you do? You can prepare yourself to deal with the sun. You can prepare yourself to deal with the rain. It will always rain, and it will always be sunny, but... What we have the opportunity to do is to step into that day, no matter what it looks like, to step into that situation, no matter what it looks like. No matter what happens, we choose to trust. We choose to come prepared with the faith that we have, looking for opportunities to grow that faith, no matter what happens to the people around us. That's the opportunity here. So you can ask why. It is natural to ask why. But what I want to challenge you with is after you ask why, put it to the side and say, okay, I don't know why this is happening, but I'm going to be in it. I don't know why this is happening, but my faith, my trust in God is not dependent on an answer to the question of why. Because if our faith depends on how God answers the question, why, then that is not faith at all. That is the car mechanic. But our relationship with God is complicated and nuanced, and it takes work, just like every other relationship in your life, by the way. So can you take an opportunity, even if you ask why. See, I could challenge you to never ask why, but that's not realistic. I know it's not realistic for me, so I would never ask you to do that. 
So the challenge today is to not stop asking why. The challenge today is after you ask why, make a choice that whether you get an answer or not, you will choose to be present in this moment and to trust God regardless of an answer being on the way or not. If you could, I want you to uh, close your eyes for a moment and bow your heads. And by the way, the reason I ask you to close your eyes and bow your heads is so that you can be just in the moment, just for a few seconds, without the distractions, and just be in this place. Be right here in this moment. There's plenty to worry about later, and you've got a bunch of stuff to think about in the past. But right now, let's be in this moment together. So with your eyes closed and your heads bowed, I want to challenge you with this. This week, if you feel tempted or prompted to ask God, why did this happen to this person that I love? Or this person in my life that I don't like, why did this good thing happen to them? I don't want you to stop yourself from asking why, but I want you to let that why be a trigger for you to say, you know what? Whether or not there is an answer, I will, I will choose to trust you on the sunny days as much as I choose to trust you on the rainy days. Because sometimes the rainy days are good for me and sometimes they're not. Sometimes the sunny days are good for me and sometimes they're not. So will you choose to trust no matter what the weather is? Will you choose to trust no matter what the situation? So with your eyes closed and your heads bowed, if you want to take that challenge with me on the count of three, I want you to put your hand up. Let's do it. One, two, three. Put your hands up real quick. Okay, go ahead and put them down. Let's pray together. God, we're grateful for you for today. God, what an opportunity we have to grow our faith. We're, uh, we're thankful that we can grow our faith through bad days, through bad situations, through the rainy days, and through the sunny days. I pray that as we, as we have the courage and the bravery to step into this, as we say, okay, if a why question comes, we won't let that be the end of it. We won't just wait for an answer, but we'll choose to trust you. I pray that you would be with us even in that as we make the choice to trust. So we thank you for that today, God, and we pray that in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, we like to say you don't have to go to church here to go to church here. That means you are already part of the community just by listening to the message today. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who may benefit from it. We would love to be a part of your journey of faith. Please visit us online at www.theheart.church forward slash next to see what your next step may be. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we would like to invite you to visit us in person this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how your relationships grow and how your faith grows. Mm -hmm.